1: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Welcome to uh, Southern California Live. I'm Bob Lapine on a Friday afternoon. I'm not sure who thought that was a great idea to to bring back that song, right? Uh, but it is Friday, and we are looking forward to the weekend. I want to talk about your weekend plans um, here in just a minute, but but let let me start off backtracking a little bit with something we talked about yesterday when Dr. Thomas Kidd joined us. We were talking about the subject of the difference between patriotism and Christian nationalism. Because as we were talking about it, we had an example of the the problem happening at the at the same time we were talking about it. So you remember we we said yesterday that that we need to make sure that we understand our allegiance to the kingdom of God is a higher allegiance than our allegiance to our country. We should and can and and ought to love our country and support the values that we believe are good and godly values. That's right and proper for us to do. No problem with that. It's when we conflate the two, when we try to think that America and Christianity are somehow fused together and that to support one is to support the other, or that allegiance to one is allegiance to the other. That's when we get into trouble. And while we're talking about that, the president was making his comments on what happened in Afghanistan yesterday with the death of 12, I think it's now 13, service people who lost their lives. And in the context of his remarks, the president quoted Isaiah 6, applying it to the military who go into harm's way. Isaiah 6, as you may know, is that passage where Isaiah, in a vision, sees the Lord high and lifted up the train of his robe filling the temple, cherubim and seraphim attending to God, and they are all saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Isaiah says, woe is me, an angel sends, God sends an angel with a, a, a coal to burn his lips. Isaiah uh, then says, then God says, um, who will go? Who who can I send? And I z- says, here am I, Lord, send me. The president yesterday, in talking about brave men and women who go into harm's way in defense of our country, pulled out that passage. We ask who will go, and they say, here I am, send me. That, that's, first of all, a misapplication of that scripture. Secondly, it's an attempt to bring the authority of scripture to bear on public policy, military policy. It's an inappropriate use. It's, it, it's where we get into this problem with Christian nationalism. And I'm not being partisan here. A year ago this month, the vice president did something similar. In a speech where, at the end of his speech, Vice President Trump said, or excuse me, Vice President Pence said, Let's run the race marked out before us. Let us fix our eyes. And anybody who was watching knows what the next word is supposed to be because you've read Hebrews. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Except that's not what Vice President Pence said. He said, Let us fix our eyes on old glory and all that she represents that's where it all goes wrong folks do you get you understand this we we cannot mash together our our allegiance and our love for god and his kingdom and our allegiance and love for our country and for all that it stands and somehow think that these all fit together and then wind up trying to import scripture out of context out of application into uh, what we're saying about our country in an attempt to to bolster our argument. Leaders should not do that. We should not do that. We should be on guard against people who do that. They should know better, and, and we should raise a flag when that happens. And it happened yesterday with the president, and I'm raising a flag. And like I said, this is not partisan. This is not about whether I voted for him or for his opponent or for anybody else. It's not about Republicans and Democrats. We do not want to politicize what is going on in Afghanistan right now. We're in the middle of a crisis there, and we need to, as a nation, support our troops and support our country and unite behind that. But we also need to call out any leader who is inappropriately—this this happened in Texas. I don't know if you followed this, but you know what's going on in Texas with election laws, Right. So down in Texas, they're getting ready to to pass laws to govern how elections will happen in the state of Texas. And there's a lot of controversy, and the Democrats left the state so that they couldn't vote on it. You followed all of this in the news. So a, one state legislator, I don't know if it was a Republican or a Democrat, doesn't matter. One state legislator arguing for how we need to make sure that our elections are fair and honest in our state— the, the legislator said, as it teaches in the Bible, we must make our calling and elections sure. That's laughable. I, I hope, as you heard that, you laughed in your car right now. That should not be. When the Bible speaks on issues of morality, issues of culture, issues of community. We bring those to bear. I'm not saying you never address the scripture in public discourse or that there's never a time or a place to bring the scriptures to bear. I mean, for for heaven's sake, go to our nation's capital and look at the scriptures that are sandblasted in the walls of some of the buildings that go back hundreds of years. I don't have a problem with those scriptures being appropriately applied to our common public life. But inappropriately, out of context, used to shamelessly defend your political point of view, that's a mess. And as Christians, we ought to say, do not do that. That is taking the Lord's name, the Word of God, in vain. So I thought since we were talking about it yesterday, we ought to start off with that today. Now I want to talk about your weekend. What you got planned for the weekend? Uh, what Tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, What what's going on? I had lunch today with a guy who uh, I met at our church on Sunday, and uh, I said, you want to get lunch? And so we, we got together and had lunch, and over lunch, he said, um, yeah, Sunday, he said, he was a visitor, he said, Sunday was my my first time uh back in church live since last march 18 months ago and i said really what have you been doing oh i've been i was watching my old church online i was watching those services and so i you know i was staying connected and i was still i just i wanted to be safe i wanted to be careful and then there was kind of an acknowledgement and and it just got comfortable Okay. So let me ask you about your plans. Let me ask you about last weekend. Before we talk about this weekend, let's talk about last weekend. What did you do last Sunday? Some of you are saying, I did what I always do on Sunday. I was I was at church. And I know for some of you, you were at church, distanced and masks. Others aren't worried about that. We're not. That's not what we're here to talk about. But you got up and you went to church because that's what you do. Some of you said, I would have liked to have been at church, but there are reasons for me to to be concerned about going there right now it may relate to your age maybe you are immunocompromised in some way there are legitimate health concerns that would have you staying away from church and i want you to know i would say use wisdom as you as you prayerfully make the decision about whether you are at home worshiping or whether you are worshiping in person together with others. But I would also say this. Some of you who are concerned about going to church on Sunday go out to Home Depot, been out to a restaurant, you, you've been other places, You you've been to the office, and yet, for some reason, church feels like, hey, this is this is one of those optional. I can watch it at home. I'm going to take the safer option. I have to go to the grocery store, but I can watch church from home. It's time for you to think about that again. It's time for those of you who, when COVID hit, you dug a hole and you said i 'm going to stay safe here. we all did i mean I'm, I'm I'm a pastor of a local church. Some of you who have listened for a long time on family life today did not realize in addition to the work I do on family life today, in addition to all that i 've done with family life for twenty nine years now, I helped plant a church twenty uh, uh thirteen years ago, two thousand and eight and for most Sundays since then, I have been in the church, in the pulpit, unless I've been traveling or there has been some reason why I was not able to attend. That's where we are on Sunday. Now, when COVID hit, we shut down. Most churches did. We shut down, I think it was eight weeks, 10 weeks that we were shut down. I was still going in, doing the service from church. We were, we were live on stream with what we were, you know, live streaming what we were doing. Uh, but but we understood uh, in the early days of COVID, we, we've got to take protections. We don't know uh, about how, how transmissible how th- this is, how risky it is. We don't know. This was before a vaccine came along. It was before tests had been done. This was before we know what we know now after 18 months. And I, I just want to talk to those of you who have gotten comfortable with virtual church you've You've gotten comfortable with uh the the convenient way to do this. I mean, stay home, cook a nice breakfast, prop your seat up, you can watch in your pajamas if you want to at home, right and and you can you can take part in that and that scratches a spiritual itch for you maybe it It is not the same. And let me say this, and it's not as spiritually profitable as being in church is. It's time, as safely as we can, it's time for us to be together. And I say as safely as we can. Everybody's got a different take on that, right? We know that. Churches in Southern California have all got a different take on what that means. Some churches have not opened up again. I drove by a Church Today on the Marquee. Join us online for church on Sunday. They're still shut down. Church is online for them. That's their safety protocol. I know other churches where throughout the pandemic, it's been no distancing, no masking, no worries. We're going for it. Again, not here to debate that. What I'm here to say is that whatever you determine is an appropriate safety level for you and for others— and i I want to talk I will talk about that for just a second, but whatever you determine is safe, get back together, get engaged, find a way to worship corporately with other believers a part of what I'm concerned about is that for some of you, the idea of what constitutes safety is is something that has been shaped more by something you read on Facebook or a video you saw on YouTube than. It has been shaped by time in God's word and prayer and consultation with other believers. Some of you have taken your your view of what is safe in terms of corporate togetherness uh, has a root of fear. There is a spirit of fear that has you unnecessarily taking precautions. Others of you, there is a spirit of um, liberty, a spirit of independence, a a little bit of a, um, I, I, the, the, a a little bit of an autonomy that has you disregarding what you might need to do to be kind to others in this situation. I, look, I've heard the argument. I've had people say to me masking and distancing is how we love our neighbor. So everybody vaccinated, unvaccinated, you need to put the mask on. You need, you need to go out and, and, uh, keep your distance. That's how you love your neighbor. Well, the Bible teaches us we are to love our neighbor. The Bible does not spell out for us that masking and distancing is what Jesus has in mind for us for that. If that's what your conscience is telling you, follow your conscience but don't impose that standard on others because the Bible does not make that clear. It says, love your neighbor. So here's the question. Have you prayerfully thought, what's the most loving thing I can do for my neighbor? And and some of you are going to conclude the most loving thing that I can do is to mask and distance. And I would say, God bless you. And some of you are going to conclude the most loving thing I can do is for me to show up and worship side by side with others who are unconcerned. And I say, if you've prayed about that and that's how God's leading you, I'm not going to apply a a one-size-fits-all situation here because the Bible doesn't say. This is a Romans 14 issue, folks. Let me just pull that up, okay? Romans 14. I just need to remind you of what the Bible says in Romans 14. Romans, I'm flipping to it here. Give me a sec. Romans 14 comes before first Corinthians. Okay. Romans 14. One person believes he may wear a mask while the other person doesn't. No, it doesn't say that one person believes he may eat anything. Another weak person eats only vegetables. Okay. So they had a different issue in their day, vegetables or eating anything in our day, mask, vaccination, let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats for God has welcomed him. Okay. So the principle there in Romans 14 is do not despise and do not pass judgment on one another when you are facing issues of conscience that are not spelled out specifically in scripture. Okay. So back to what you're doing on Sunday. I want you to understand that being together in corporate worship with your brothers and sisters in Christ is spiritually profitable. Let me say it this way. It's spiritually essential for you to grow and thrive in your walk with Jesus. Paul David Tripp said it this way. He said, your your sanctification, your growth in grace is a community project. You can't become the Christian that God wants you to be, by God's design, you can't become that person on your own. You need others. You need corporate worship. You need to pray together. You need to sing with other believers. You need to sit under the preaching of God's word there. you need, And you say, I can do that at home. Okay, look, uh, for years, I've been a fan of the San Antonio Spurs basketball team. I used to live in San Antonio, love the Spurs, watch their games. I have watched uh, probably hundreds of their games on TV. I have seen a handful of Spurs games live and in person. It's a whole different experience being at the game live and in person. You can watch it on TV. It's exciting. You get the drama, right? Being there live, you get involved in the game in a whole different way. There is something about presence that God has built into us. And so we are told to gather together. Hebrews 10, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And some of you are using COVID as your cover to go to the beach on Sunday. Well, I'm a little concerned about going to church, you know, because of COVID. And and so we're just going to go to the beach this week and I'll I'll watch it. We'll, We'll listen to it on the way there. Folks, you need to prioritize church, you need to be back in church, you need to be worshiping with other believers side-by-side, shoulder-to-shoulder, taking safety into account, but it's time to go back to church. It's time to corporately worship, corporately serve the Lord, corporately engage in worship. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Have I got it wrong? I mean, you're welcome to call in and talk about this. Eight 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 fifty two talks is the number. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. If you want to join with your thoughts, but here's what we're going to do. In just a second, Keith Getty is going to join us. You know, Keith Getty, uh, modern hymn writer. Keith has written, co-written many hymns that we sing in Christ Alone. Other hymns and songs that we sing. He's going to join us. There's an event coming up in Nashville that he is hosting that's all about corporate worship. We're going to talk with him about the event. We're going to talk with him about the place of corporate worship in our lives. And we're going to talk about the need to be in church together. So that's coming up after we take a quick time out. This is Southern California Live. I'm Bob Lapine. We'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> Welcome back to Southern California Live. Bob Lapine. Friday afternoon on KKLA and K praise And we've been talking about what your plans are for the weekend and going back to church and about how it is time to gather together and worship together again. And I I know some of you COVID's been an issue, but there there are others of you where I, I read a survey. This was a a year or two ago when they asked people, do you attend church regularly? And I saw how many people did. And then they asked them, how do you define regularly? And they said, "Um, at least two times a month. So that that, that doesn't meet my definition of, of what it is to gather regularly. I mean, there has not been a question. Our family doesn't on Saturday say, so should we go to church tomorrow? I mean... Nobody ever had a question what we were doing on Sunday morning. You you get up and go to church. Now, again, there's COVID, there's travel something, but but church is the default for us. And we got to figure out a way to be back together and to worship together. And talk about worshiping together. Uh, in 2 weeks I'm going to be in Nashville for an event that I'm looking forward to. It's this is the Uh, The fifth or sixth year that we've had the Sing Conference in Nashville, where we get together worship leaders, pastors from all across the country, Uh, hymn writers Keith and Kristen Getty host this along with other musicians, Bible teachers, people from all around the country who come to this, and it's a glorious few days together to spend time in God's Word, I go to conferences where where the Bible is central, and this is one of those conferences, but the thing that this conference adds is worship that is passionate and inspired and rich and beautiful. And Keith Getty is joining us this afternoon from Nashville. Keith, welcome to Southern California Live.
2: Thanks, Bob. You're just saying that about the same conference because you think it was your idea. is not right? (laughs)
1: <laughs> i You know, we talked about this years ago, didn't we? The sing conference in that,
2: in that, in that little, in that little kind of restaurant on the river at Opryland Hotel in Nashville.
1: <laughs> and and you were unsure whether people would want to get together for it when we talked. I well, said you should do this, and you said, "Do you think really people would come for that?"
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of also uh, was unsure of my own competence, but. Um, it's been good to have you there and uh, have you beside, and, and just working through it, and it's been good, so we're grateful for that.
1: Well, it's, it's been a rich time. For those of you who don't know Keith, Keith and his wife Kristen are modern hymn writers. They, they have written songs that all of us have sung, most notably the song In Christ Alone, which is the theme for Sing in Two Weeks. Why, why did you decide to make that hymn the, the theme for this conference?
2: Well, it's a couple of things. Number one is this year's conference is year five, and it's really singing through history. We're, we're giving everybody 30 of the great hymns of the faith and the exact arrangements to help them learn the next year. We're singing a lot of the great hymns and hearing them performed. Obviously, we're doing lots of contemporary songs too, but a real emphasis on the great hymns and helping everyone take them away and that their, their families and churches will change in the next year. I think the second thing we were going to do, we're trying to think what would be a good theme to match that. and of course this year is the 20th anniversary of the hymn in Christ alone. And so our publishers actually suggested that to us and we thought about it and just with the amount of discouragement that a lot of Christians have suffered in, in, in the last year, the pandemic, um, the, there's been a lot of you know suffering there's been a lot of tension in the culture uh, and then of course uh, and then of course a lot of disappointment in Christian leaders and we thought it is time to with relief. Uh, lift our eyes to Christ alone. And what, what a great theme. And so we've got Alistair and John Piper and David Platt and John Lennox, H.P. Charles, Trip Lee, uh, a whole host of, of, of wonderful speakers coming to share. Of course, our mutual friend, Johnny Tata from over there in KKLA land. Yes. And, uh, so a really wonderful lineup of speakers and then artists and, and 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 worship leaders from the hymns that we would write to the songs that Chris Tomlin writes and uh, then uh, the hy- rather the, the two hymns that he's actually been involved with um and then and then artists from the world of music from David Kim the, the concert master of the orchestra to Kirk Willem and his extraordinary jazz hmm. it's going to be it's going to be a, a really colorful and exciting season of services of concerts for people to enjoy and uh, and indeed for people to enjoy online as well. We just we're just about to announce on Monday, but I ask permission to mention we're we're launching this Sing Premier Conversations as well, which is a new thing this year, as well as helping you each month to, to to introduce the hymns in your church. We're doing these Premier Conversations and so we're doing one on choral music with Sir John Rutter. We're doing one on arts education with Karen Pence, the recent second lady, and then speaking to a few of our friends on, on, on key questions. And I'm just, re- just really excited, Bob.
1: So, you mentioned that it's a virtual conference. Last year, it was all virtual when we hosted yeah. this because of the pandemic. This year, you're expecting yeah. six thousand plus to be in Nashville and more than that yep. to be joining us online for sing. Right. Right.
2: Yeah, we're we're, hope, we're hoping for six to seven thousand people in Nashville, and then and then the, the, we're expecting about we're heading towards about 10 to 12 thousand registrations but each each online registration tends to represent four people because if you buy a pass you have it for the whole 12 months and you can watch the show that thing live and enjoy it but you can share it with your friends or your family or your choir or worship team or home group and it, it can become a whole series for them as well
1: so so a worship pastor can buy this and and the worship team the praise team can all participate oh, 100%, 100%. together
2: 100% 100% and and it's a, and and you get it for the whole 365 days as well you know so you as i said you you've got all the talks from all the years you've got all the seminars all the worship sessions all the concerts all the tutorials, all Bob Lepine's crummy jokes, they're all there. <laughs>
1: where, where do folks go to find out more about the virtual Sing Conference? Or oh, you I guess to, they can still come to Nashville if they want to, right? There's still room? Oh,
2: 100%. Yeah, go, go to gettymusic.com, go to gettyworshipconference.com. Uh, any of those places will have it, and they'll be thrilled to introduce you. And uh, say so we're, we're, we, we are very excited and excited. Uh, uh, I would love to have you do try and come to Nashville. It'll be a wonderful singing experience. And we're just in the front of Huel today with a few new surprise ideas. And uh, so, so it'll be a great time. Of course, downtown Nashville is a fun place to be. And there's nothing like being together. As you said, just before we came on, there's nothing quite like being together. But if you can't come, it's, it is, um, it is, it is, it is, I assure you, the cheapest subscription you will buy this year
1: and and this is it's a highlight of the year for me to be there i i think for everybody who comes it's a spiritual highlight uh watching it online uh is is a good alternative option but there like we said there's there's something about presence there's something about being together that can't be duplicated um have you had people concerned about us regathering in the midst of the, the delta variant Holy and God. covid
2: that's right and we, there, there are and um and, and of course we're just having to be sensitive to people and listen and try and help them where they can and uh you know it's a, it's, a, it's a complex season but 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 interestingly you know the the on you know the, the online sales are have gone even have gone even stronger so having the hybrid conference that works either way i think has been really helpful because mm. because to have the courage to go live has been so appreciated by so many and there's a you know there's late night if you sing in choirs or you miss singing in choirs, there's a late night singing through Handel's Messiah for 45 minutes. There's there's lots and lots of, uh, of of sort of you know there's a there's a street party they do a street party um, on, on the Monday afternoon hosted by Sweetwater with all kinds of different entertaining artists, which is brilliant. And just just you know, there's 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 lots of different there's lo- lots of different things you can enjoy. But at the same time, you know, online means that if you are concerned, we can transfer your pass and adjust your adjust your deal. And, uh, yeah, but I, honestly, so many people want to come because Bob Lepine wears a cowboy hat because he's in Tennessee and he thinks, he's, you know, he thinks he's Johnny Cash. And so that, that, that in itself is, you know, is always fun.
1: it is so special. Um, Keith, um, this was going to be and I don't know if this is still the case because of what's going on with COVID and shutdowns, and lockdowns, City alike. from Australia was planning to be with us. Is that still going to happen?
2: Yes and no. Um, they they are recording a song as we speak from Sydney. We were talking to them, Matt. Was talking to them today. So they're recording a brand new song, which they're premiering, which they're going to premiere for us at the conference, which we're really grateful for. And uh, but but then they're moving their physical appearance to next year's conference. So third to the fifth of September next year, they'll be joining us in Nashville. Which will be exciting.
1: We know what's going on with with uh, COVID in Australia and how the lockdowns have happened there. So I know it's they crazy, wanted to it? be there, and it is it is crazy. Um, th- this is this is an event. The interesting thing for me about this event is that there are people there who are vocationally involved in music or as pastors. But I've I've met a lot of people when I'm there every year who are churchgoers. They are just people who love to go and worship with God's people and sing, and and they come to this event not in a professional capacity, but just as nourishment for their own soul.
2: Yeah, and that that's one of the really encouraging things, Bob. And we we you know we, we love that. And uh, um, but it is it it is an event. It was primarily set up. The vision was for was for was for. You know, music professionals, music teachers, those involved in church music, artists, and then pastors as well. But what has happened over time is, is other people have come, because, but, but what I find exciting is, it, someone comes and nurses their soul, but it's still changing churches because a lot of those people. You know, I know a couple of people. You know, who came in the next year, they sponsored their worship leader to come with them. I know another person, a couple who came, and then they shared. They shared the videos. With their own church. So because of the on because it's an online uh, and live hybrid and it's not just it's not just a live show, which is live stream, but it's actually a, a, a program as well. It really does allow them to 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 go and just enjoy it for their own soul, but also then share it with their children and grandchildren, share it yeah. with their church, share it with the musicians in their lives as well.
1: Keith Getty is joining us this afternoon, modern hymn writer, talking about the conference that's happening in Nashville here in a couple of weeks and about singing together in corporate worship. I want to ask you about that after we take this time out, about why it's so significant and important for God's people to come together and to sing together. Why Why watching church online at home is, is a, a substitute, but not the same as the real thing. This is Southern California Live. I'm Bob Lapine. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
0: It is the weekend,
1: Friday on Southern California Live. I'm Bob Lapine on KKLA and K Praise at uh, 16 minutes before the hour. We're talking about your weekend. We're talking about corporate worship, gathering together, getting back to church, doing it safely, but being there, being together with others, being present. We've got modern hymn writer Keith Getty joining us. We're also talking about the Sing Conference that's happening in in Nashville in two weeks which you can attend in person or you can attend virtually. Both options are available. There's more information at GettyMusic.com if you want to find out about that. Uh, Keith, I want to ask you about the importance of uh, corporate uh, worship, being together for worship. But before I do that, we talked about the fact that In Christ Alone is the, is the theme of this conference. 20 years ago, you wrote that hymn together with Stuart Townen, right? right the process of writing that hymn is this something that you sat down and 30 minutes later you had a hymn or did did it come over months did it get changed and corrected what how did you do it
2: Um uh, interestingly it was actually easier than many of our songs but um i mean I, I think it really was an idea i think all all great songs all great ministries all great sermons have a core idea to them and for us, for us, it was we wanted to write a hymn that took you through the whole life of Christ, like a catechism, like a confession, that if you learn this hymn, you're actually learning what the, what the Christian faith is all about. And so that was kind of the whole idea. And I had this melody, and Stuart loved the melody. My only real contributions to the, to the lyric were, were, I suggested in Christ, when I, saw, I said that you want to go through the life of Christ as an idea, as so like a catechism hymn. And then secondly, I, I thought it was a great I thought I thought in Christ Alone was the best title here. Writing a different title, and so, but other than that, it was really Stuart's lyric. It was his genius, and I was such a privilege to be a part of it, and uh, and I've been able to to write the melody and, and throw a few ideas in the pot.
1: And and did the melody shift over time, or did the melody stay the same from its first kind of emergence off from the keyboard?
2: No, it sounded better when my wife sang it than when I sang it, but it was pretty much the same melody. Um, the interesting thing was. Well, that, by the way,
1: that's a, by, by the way, a universal truth, okay? No, everything no, no, sounds but, uh, better when Kristen yeah, sings yeah, it than when you sing it.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, the interesting thing was the interesting about the whole, the whole thing was, you know, it recently, uh, a few years ago at, at the installment of the Archbishop of Canterbury, you know, with their whole family were all there, and you saw them all singing in Christ, and it was the hymn he chose for the service. And it was, you know, Canterbury Cathedral Organ. And all my friends were laughing going do you not think that's really hilarious to hear the song like that but i was a classical musician so that's how i wrote it originally Mm -hmm. so the kind of simplified chords that everybody has done like you know passion and newsboys and 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 uh you know all all the artists who've done 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 their versions of it do you know is a new thing so so the melody was always the same but but you know there there are there are There are literally, I think, now thousands of different arrangements of it published, and and many of them, the arrangements and recordings, do do different things.
1: There was a story a couple of years ago, and I don't know how many of our listeners know about this, but there were people who came to you, a a hymnal publisher who came to you and said, we'd like to include in Christ Alone in our hymnal, we just want to adjust the lyric. And they can't do that without your permission. And they wanted to change the lyric from... On the cross, where Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. They wanted to say, "On the cross, where Jesus died, the the Son of God was magnified or glorified," something like that. And and you yeah. said you said no.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, it, it was it was an interesting. It, it um, it, it was it took them by surprise because sadly, sadly, most Christians will change let you change any words if you pay them. You know what I mean. Whereas people like yeah. the Beatles will say, "No, actually, we won't let you change our words." Paul McCartney never lets them do that, or, or lets them be associated with things he doesn't want to be associated with, because because I mean, his point is words matter, and words do matter because because what we sing ultimately formulates who we are, and so it took him a little bit by surprise. And then I was actually in the, I I was I wasn't around at the time, but this led to this kind of social media storm where. They they, they they didn't like the idea of the wrath of God they didn't like the idea of hell they said it was an unhelpful image for our generation to be thinking about or to think about God in that way and so so i I was nothing to do with the storm but at the beginning of the storm and then someone someone one of their people accused just as it was calming down one of the people accused us of 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 promoting divine child abuse the idea that god Gave himself and, his, and killed his son for our sins, and, uh, and so then, it, it, then upgrade, it upgraded as a controversy to, to, to the New York Times and Washington Post and this kind of thing, and, and, uh, and it, it, even, it even made an article in the Economist magazine at one point. So 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 <laughs> so heated was the conversation. So so it was a it was again I wasn't wasn't anything to do with it. It was, a, it, was a, it was a thirty second decision that seemed logical to us. Um, and, uh, but it, it was interesting because it did bring up some wonderful questions about why Jesus died. And suddenly people who aren't thinking about it were thinking about it. And I think that's an important thing for all of us. You know, if, if the people in, if the people in our lives aren't thinking about Christ's death and resurrection, why are they not? It yeah. is the central thing in life. I'm thinking about, you know, some of my neighbors and, and saying, why am I not talking about that more? So all of us need to be talking about it. We need to be singing about it. We need to be filling our homes with it, but we also need to be sharing with others as well.
1: And and I want to make sure we get a chance. And and by the way, on behalf of so many, thank you for that thirty-second decision that says no, we're not changing that. We're we we want to proclaim the truth of Scripture about. Substitutionary atonement, which is what that line is all about. Yeah, talk well, for was, us,
2: I mean, Bob, It really was. It really was just a small thing and an act of common sense. You know what? What Christians in Afghanistan are having to decide today are far more courageous decisions than what we were having
1: to decide. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> talk for uh, talk to us for just a minute about why it is significant. People who have been at home watching church on on TV on Sunday morning, maybe singing with their family, maybe not, but. They have missed for months gathering with God's people to sing together, to pray together, to worship together. Why does it matter that we're doing these things together rather than just doing them on our own?
2: Well, it matters because because that's how God has made us to operate. You know, the, the church is is His bride. For His own blood, with His own blood He bought her, and for her life she died. So. It matters that each of us are made to operate best in that context. But even if we don't like our church or we say, oh, but actually it doesn't really work for me, it, it's actually it's not all about us. We we have a responsibility to care for those in our community. So the lady in front of me at church who who, who uh, struggles to stand up and and the the young kids who are going off to college who sit to the left of me who want to chat and uh, all you know, my relationship with them is I am bound to them as well. And then, of course, singing itself is just an expression of that, because the Apostle Paul saying, we sing to one another. I'm not singing because I happen to like the music or because I'm trying to get some emotional kick. I'm sick you encourage the person behind me and in front of me who might be going through the worst time in their lives. And so it is an expression of what it is to be the body. Um, it's also a witness to those who are there who aren't believers, but it's But it's also something that really should be part of our lives every day. Do you know what I mean? It's something. It's something. Whether you know, whether we just simply play, play recordings and sing along. It's it should be part of the rhythm of our lives. And all of this is because when we look at at Revelation and the picture of heaven, that's God's picture of heaven. But this Mm -hmm. is the foretaste of heaven that we get here on earth.
1: This is personal, personal worship. And I got to jump in here because we we got to wrap. But personal worship and corporate worship. Both have to be a part of what we do for for our for our spiritual good. And Keith, you've made you've made that a part of what we're able to. Thanks for the time today. Hope folks will find out more about sing and join us at sing. Go to GettyMusicBack com for more information. Let's be clear, we need to make church a priority. Right, we need to reprioritize that uh, ahead of getting away for the weekend. Uh, ahead of, well, I just need a day to sleep in. You need to be in church. Listen to what the Bible says in Colossians 3. You're familiar with this, right? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, I I think that means memorize scripture, but I think it means more than just have a devotional time in the Bible. I think it means for the word of Christ to dwell in you richly, you have to be richly engaging with God's Word, and doing that in a setting with other believers is is one of the ways that the Word of Christ dwells in you richly. Then it says teaching and admonishing one another. To teach and admonish one another, we've got to be together. We've got to be with one another In all wisdom, it says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. So we are to teach and admonish one another, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another. And and this is a part of how we grow in grace, how we grow in love, how we serve Christ. It's a part of what Christ is calling us to. So be in church this weekend. It's time to get back to church and sing and pray and be with other believers, and you will be better for it. You'll be better as a result. Amen. Back with more Southern California Live in a bit.